Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, Tampa Bay sports fans, and welcome to another edition of the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 24th of February, and we're talking the lightning in a little bit of a slump. Rays starting their first spring training game today, and yes, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Bucks. It never ends with the Bucks. The number here, 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com is the best way to get on the show. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. In the heart of Brandon is your local family-owned fine jewelry store. That's Macaulay Fine Jewelry. At Macaulay Fine Jewelry, we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece or choose from a wide array of beautiful fine jewelry. Planning an engagement or wedding this spring or summer? Look no further than Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Stop by our new showroom today at 201 South Kings Avenue. Same great staff, same great service. Shop Macaulay Fine Jewelry in the heart of Brandon. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, Lightning fans. Hopefully your week is going better than the Lightning's week. Started off with a loss last weekend to the Florida Panthers, which was a game that pretty much alarming if you look at what they did or what they didn't do. And yes, Florida is a rival. Florida is one of the best teams in the league right now, but we should have definitely played better than we did. Then we lost to Ottawa as well this week, which is in last place in the Atlantic Division. So there's no need for ever a loss like that. And then we just got beat by the Washington Capitals on Thursday night. And now we're one point behind Detroit for the first Eastern Conference wild card. So just like that, we go from the first wild card to a game behind trying to stay in the second spot for the wild card. So the question is, what's going on with the Lightning? We have an email from Randy from Plant City. Jimmy B, you always say don't worry about the Lightning until the end of February. It's the end of February are you worried (laughs) that's a great email and the question is at this point there is some concern Randy about what's going on with this lightning team Um, here's here's the story number one they're a very proud group so are they gonna bounce back I, I believe they will there's a lot of Uh, leadership in that locker room there's a lot of pride like I mentioned in that locker room they have I think probably the best coach in all of hockey with Cooper he's the longest tenured coach in the NHL what he needs to do in my opinion however is shake some things up Let's face it, when you lose a McDonough, when you lose a Yanni Gore, when you lose a Killorn, those losses leave any team in trouble. From that defensive end of things, that's where our problems have been all season long. The defensive coverage is not great. You don't lose three games at home when your offense is no playing average and your defense is playing uh, good. If the defense is playing well, you're going to be able to hold off 
some goals. And I'll tell you what, as far as holding off goals, Vassy's not doing his job right now. He is not on his game. I don't care what anyone says. Um, he doesn't seem to uh, be stopping the goals that he would normally stop. If you looked at that game on Thursday night, Rasmus Sandin snapped a tie with five minutes to go in the third period. And, you know, the Tampa Bay ended up losing that one five to three. Connor McMichael had two goals for the Caps, including an empty netter. Um, Mantha and uh, Kubel also scored, and Tom Wilson had two assists. Now, if you look at what we did, we were able to go out there and tie the game up. When you have to come back in the third period and tie it up, that's great. Vasilevsky, talking about him, he only stopped 19 shots for Tampa Bay. Hagel scored for us, Paul scored, and Taylor Mott. So Hagel extended his point streak to 11 games, which is the longest active stretch in the NHL. If you look at what the Lightning did, we did come back. It's good to see uh, Nicholas Paul go out there and play well. We need to be able to get more goals from him. We tied it at three when Paul and Mott scored 24 seconds apart early in the third period. But then a potential go-ahead goal by Washington's Dylan Strom, less than 90 seconds later, was disallowed for offsides after they had that review. So, you know, yes, we did come back. Yes, we did tie it up. And then what happens is that we go ahead and we give up the the goal as well as the empty netter to put us you know, at the loss. So what does that say? Well, like I mentioned before, when you have defensive coverage, keep on looking at odd man rushes, three on one, whatever it might be, there's, there's definitely no way that, sh that should ever happen. And as I mentioned, when you have the losses, when you have Sergachev that's out right now, when you don't bring back Gord, you don't bring back Killorn, you don't bring back McDonough, all those things are going to add up to trouble. And we need to get better play out of the bottom six. They need to step up. We need to be better on the defensive end of things. There is no sense of urgency. I'm not saying there's no effort. There is effort. And even Cooper would say that just because we lost the game doesn't mean that the effort wasn't there. But I will say the sense of urgency with this team seems to you know, be hit or miss. And you know, more recently, more than not, it's been more missed than hit. So, um, as I started the segment, the Lightning are a very proud group. Do I think they'll be able to recover? As of right now, it's not all doom and gloom. We are still in the playoff picture, obviously. And I think that we're going to stay in the playoff picture because of the pride that this team has. Now, are we one of the upper echelon teams? No, definitely not. We're not one of the upper echelon teams the way that we're playing right now. Does that mean that oh, we're not going to be able to win in the playoffs? I'm saying that we make the playoffs. Now we're starting with the Islanders today, and now that's a team that we need to be able to, um, whatever happened up to this point, put it in the past. Look forward, look to each game. Playoffs have to be starting in their minds here pretty soon, and they really need to be clicking. I was hoping that there would be 
more cohesive at this point from a defensive standpoint. Um, Cooper, in my opinion, does need to shake things up somehow, and, and he will. And he's a, he's a smart coach. He's a uh, like I said, I think one of the best coaches in the NHL. Players respect him. Does his story get old? You know, everyone's story as a coach, if you've been around long enough, starts to get old. But the issue with this team is not so much the story getting old. They know what they need to do. You're not going to tell. This is a veteran team, and they know what it takes to win. This is a team that does have the blueprint to win, and I'm, I'm very confident in the fact, I've said it many times, that you don't want to get into a seven-game series with this team, no matter who you might be. So, uh, is it concerning right now? It is. It is a little concerning because I just don't see the look in their eyes when they're out there playing right now. I see a, um, a slower, less responsive Vasilevsky right now. Not quite sure if something's going on with him, but where I think that emanates from is the defense ahead of him. Because when they're playing well, we're so used to Vasilevsky standing on his head, making some outrageous stops that you get used to it, and you tend to expect that. And same thing, the, the, the defensive players tend to expect the same thing after seeing it and you know sometimes that wears out or wears thin and that's what's going on right now so although the lightning i do believe we can score with any team out there you know you have kucherov who of course is leading the um leading the league in, in, in points i believe he still is and you have players out there stamkos you know, he's been a little bit off lately. He needs to pick up his game. The, the bottom six, like I mentioned, need to find a way to go out there and really, you know, make a difference because right now we're not doing that. So, again, do you want to play the Lightning in a seven-game series? Absolutely not. But you do need to start today and go out there and we have 65 points. We're five points ahead of a couple teams behind us going for that second playoff spot. Like I mentioned, we did have some nice wins against the Blue Jackets, Boston, the Avalanche a week ago. And then this past week, we suffered the losses all, all at home to the Panthers, Ottawa Senators, and, and of course, the, the Capitals on Thursday night. So we turned that around. We'll be up there um, in New York for the Islanders. That's today at 2 o'clock, and that's where it starts. So we'd love to hear your comments. Yes, there's a little bit of concern, but not to the point where uh, anything earth-shattering. Again, the sense of urgency needs to come back. It is a long season, and when you have a long season, you're going to have ebbs and flows. You're going to have breakdowns. You're going to have some situations where you just don't play well for a week, and maybe sometimes two weeks in a row. Can't let that continue much longer. However, at this point, Point. I am not pushing the panic button yet, and I hope that you guys don't do that as well. Love to hear your thoughts and comments. Let's get the lightning back on a roll. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. 
Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-814-5031-800-814-5031-800-814-5031. That's 800-814-5031. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back to the gymnasium, Rays fans. Today's the day, 1 o'clock in Port Charlotte. Rays versus the Atlanta Braves, first preseason spring training game. So, got to ask you guys something. What do you think the Rays are going to do this year in that American League East division? Don't forget, we've made it to the playoffs the last five straight seasons, which is a feather in the cap to the whole organization. I'm looking at this division, though. I'm telling you, everyone has improved. Baltimore is going to be tough. The Yankees are going to be tough. Uh, Toronto is going to be tough. So we're going to have to go out there and pull out all the stops again this year to go out there and compete. And when you look at what we need to do, it obviously starts with pitching. Now, we lost some star pitchers, obviously, some trades, some injuries and whatnot. So we won't talk about who's not here, but let's talk about who we do have. Of course, the looks right now, and again, it's just starting up today, but Zach Eflin looks to be the number one starter out there. Um, you now, you have someone who he can go out there every fifth day, take the ball and go out there with his six foot six frame and you know mow them down like he did last year he really played well and I thought that he was one of the more pleasant surprises of this team last year he needs to go out there and and continue I would have to look right now at Aaron Savali as the second pitcher in the um, rotation you know he throws a lot of pitches but the key with him is that you want to be able to try to go out there and get five to six innings out of him on a consistent basis. If you can do that, then it opens up the door for the third pitcher, who I think would probably be Taj Bradley, based on what I've heard right now. He's got some awesome stuff. Um, he used to live on just one pitch, but his if his secondary pitches uh, can come into development for him if he can start to rely on those that's what's key for Bradley in my opinion if that happens no then you have Eflin Sorali Bradley and I would go with Zach Littell um you know he had a great ERA the last 12 games I believe uh 3.44 he's able to keep hitters on their heels that he's a pitcher that don't forget as number four starter he'll be going out there against other teams number four or five starters and when that happens I like uh Littell's chances because he's able to go out there and like I said keep batters off off stride and go out there and and play well and then of course you have um uh, Ryan Pippio that we got in, in the trade and you also have Iwasawa out there so again we're going to have a I think a good 
a foray of pitchers like we always do on the staff. It's going to you know, come down to uh, how they're going to develop, who's going to be hot, who's going to um, be in a little bit of a slump as the season starts. Of course, you know, um, the pitchers have the advantage because it's usually a little cooler when the, first, when the season first starts, especially on the away games and you have Pinto who's going to be the starting catcher it looks like Renee Pinto um, a lot of people are asking about you know did, should we have gotten someone else behind the plate well don't forget Kevin Cash was a you know catcher so I, I would I would probably defer to what he thinks about uh, any starting catchers in the league on the team and if he's saying that Pinto's the person to be out there then no, I'll, I'll go with that if you remember Pinto was the one that caught most of the um, games towards the end of last season so I think from a battery standpoint we went through the pitchers and of course no, we do have um, probably the, the bullpen, you know how we like to use the bullpen. So when you go out there, I think when it's all said and done, you're going to probably use about 30 to 35 pitchers you know, during the season like we typically do. And don't forget, we have you know, Jason Adam out there. We have Sean Armstrong. Um, Clevenger is, is still out there. Uh, Kirif is there. Davinsky is there. You have Kevin Kelly, Fairbanks, up and down the league. You can go Maton. Um, Poche is still there. Springs will be back. So we have the full contingent of pitchers. And again, when you have that ability to go out there and use your bullpen early in the game if you need to, or, or maybe as the fourth or fifth starter, you know, you can do that. When you have that flexibility, all it does is add to the arsenal that you can do. Now, uh, we're going to be talking more about the infield. We have a whole plethora of infields now. you got to take Wanda Franco out of the picture. Unfortunately, things aren't going so well for him down there in the Dominican. I, there's rumors of uh, more problems, him not paying some of the attorneys, I heard, uh, frozen bank accounts. They're not going to let him go anywhere. He's not leaving the country anytime soon, that's for sure. So I, I don't believe he's going to play uh, this year for anyone, whether it be the Rays or anyone else in Major League Baseball. But no, with him not there, we all, you have to look at Junior Caminero. You know, he's a shortstop that uh, has been getting a lot of uh, talk about playing. Ahmed Rosario, another shortstop. Those two guys, between them both, I think that they're going to be able to take up most of the time uh, at shortstop there. And don't forget, Taylor Walls, he's going to come back from his injury probably, I would say, late April maybe mid-May, so he'll be in the mix. Uh, and he's a great glove, as you know. Uh, the stick, maybe not so much, but uh, most of the guys are healthy. You have you know, Brandon Law out there, um, Paredes. You have um, Yandy Diaz uh, coming back from a good year last year. Jonathan Aranda, the lefty. So as far as the uh, infielders go, I, I think we're all set there. And of course, when you talk about no, the, the outfielders and the hitters, you got to talk about Jose Siri. They're saying he looks very good at camp this year. You're talking about um, 
of course, Randy out there in left field. You have Jeremy DeLuca. Josh Lowell looks pretty good. Uh, Palacios is out there. So um, Ramirez as a DH. Up and down the lineup, we do have some talent, no doubt. The issue is going to be, are we going to be able to score runs when we need them? And that always seems to be the issue with this team, that the pitching's now tends to go out there and more times than not have good games and it comes down to the, the games where we need to score a run to win whether it's a 2-1 game in the bottom of the eighth are we going to be able to pick up that run and then go out there and get the save so with the pitching staff that we're going to have and the pitching staff that we're going to use don't forget Cash will use the whole bullpen his whole stable of pitchers will be on display and he will go out there and use them so it's going to be an, an exciting season, I believe. I'm looking forward to having it start. Uh, wish the issues with the stadium down there in St. Pete were a little different. Um, Sternberg was saying about uh, he's uncomfortable if he has to have a um, $90 million roster. And, you know, when, when people hear him talk like that, it really just rubs the fans, the fan base the wrong way. Because quite honestly, you look at the teams, you look at the other local teams, the Lightning, they do a heck of a lot for the community. The Bucks, they're always doing something with the schools, with um, extracurricular events that they're having. You don't see that with the Rays. The Rays really don't give back to the community the same way that the other professional teams do. And again, everyone's going to be different. I don't want to compare one to the other, but what I do hear, I mean, imagine Vinick saying, you know what, it, it scares me to go out there and want to re-sign Steven Stamkos. Um, you, don't, you don't really hear that from them, and you won't because they're a... Um, top-notch organization, one of the best in all of sports, in my opinion. So when you're talking about Stu Sternberg with the Rays, uh, with the situation with St. Pete, that they're gonna, he's going to take St. Pete for $1.2 billion. He's going to get $1.2 billion for that new stadium in the same place as the failed stadium right now. And what's he going to do when he gets all that? Is it going to be a, a, an improvement for the attendance? Yeah, probably for a couple couple weeks, maybe a month or two. Let's then go right back to where it was, in my opinion. The stadium should not be down there. I've said that. I've been a proponent of it being in Hillsborough County from day one. I, I'm sticking with that. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. Although, you never know. There's some hearing dates that are out there that have been uh, pushed back because financials aren't ready. So there's a whole lot of underlying factors um, uh, going against that stadium being built in St. Pete, but it doesn't take away the luster of spring training starting. And when you have the crack of the bat, when you hear the ball hitting the catcher's mitt, you know, probably that's why we're down here in this area. That's why we live in Florida. Now, baseball comes to us this time of year because of the weather and it starts everything off. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about the Rays. What is your outlook? I'll get back to where we started the, um, the segment with the Rays. How do you think they're going to do in this American League East division? Because the American League East division 
is one that is stacked and ready to go. I mentioned Toronto. I mentioned uh, the Yankees' disappointing season last year. Aaron Judge has been down here uh, since January getting ready for the season. They picked up Soto. Soto is going to probably bat ahead of Judge, so you can't pitch around them. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very tough. I am a little less optimistic about the race chances this year than I've been the last several years only because of the strength of the rest of the teams in that division. And of course, I could be wrong. I hope I am. But more importantly, I would love to hear your thoughts. Go to JimmyBSports.com. Uh, let me know what you think the Rays need to do. Do you want to see improvement on the uh, hitting side? Or do you want to see them firm up the pitching staff and get ready for a long season? We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling, serving Valrico and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, Fire and Ice will give you an honest estimate on any repairs you might need. Also specializing in new installs, using the industry's highest quality parts and equipment. Don't fall for service time gimmicks that end up sticking you with an overpriced repair bill. Over 25 years of experience dedicated in providing exceptional services. When you don't want service with a guest, call the best. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling. Call 863-797-7096. That's 863-797. 7096 or online at fireandiceair.com. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, Bucks fans. It seems like just yesterday we were playing Detroit in the playoffs after knocking off Philly and uh, all the excitement and all of a sudden the season ended and now we're talking about re-signing players that were an intricate part of that run. That's the way the NFL works. Now, before we get to the players that are free agents, I want to say that yesterday the NFL raised the salary cap $30.6 million to a record $255.4 million per team. Now, that's very important because you know, by raising that, it's going to allow more revenue. The, the year salary cap, like I said, is going to be 31 million more than last year's 224 million, and that's by far the largest jump it's taken from one year to the next since the salary cap was introduced back in, I think it was 1994. So. The increase is going to have a significant impact on the free agent market, which is going to open next month, as most of the teams have been using the cap projections in the range of somewhere between 240 and 245. So now it's up to 255. Uh, as an example, there's a couple of teams, the, the 49ers, the Packers, the Seahawks, all those teams are projected to be over the cap as of Friday morning, but now should be under the cap by today because of the new established rules. So part of the reason for the massive jump is that the league has now paid back all of the other player benefits that 
were deferred in 2020 as part of the agreement, if you remember, between the players and the league to keep the league running during the COVID pandemic. Uh, the cap growth is directly tied to the league's revenue growth, but it was limited in 2022 and last year because the repayment of those benefits was subtracted from the final calculations. So with all the benefits being repaid at this point, the 2024 cap number more closely reflects the increase in revenue. So, you know, if you look at everything, I believe that um, to see the cap increase by roughly 10 to 12 million per year, every year from 2013 to 2020. And now with this $30 million increase, you're gonna see a lot of more revenue spending and make it interesting for the teams. Now, when we talk about the teams, obviously the team that we care about is the Buccaneers. What's gonna happen with them? Well, right after the season ended, this past week there was a soft deadline to uh, negotiate a couple contracts, which the Bucks obviously did not do, as I'm sure you've heard by now. So, you know, let's start with, there are a couple players that I think you have to look at the mix and see what's going to happen. All the talk is about, obviously, Mike Evans. What are the Bucks going to do with Mike Evans? Well, I think what it comes down to, you hear as a free agent now, which he is. He's a free agent. You have Baker Mayfield as a free agent. Antoine Woodfield Jr. is a free agent. Uh, Levante Davis is a free agent. Um, I, I think, well, Devin White's a free agent, but I think most um, Bucks fans wouldn't mind to see him just walk, and I think that's probably what's going to happen. So when we talk about Mike Evans, here you have someone who is 30 years old, they're very far apart in the negotiations from what I understand. He wants, you know, he wants this to be his last contract as, as usual. He wants, you know, somewhere 25 a year for, I think, five years. Now, you look at receivers, gotta say, you're gonna pay someone 25 million a year when they're 34, 35 years old? I, I don't think that's a good move for any team, and, and that includes the Bucks. As much as I wanna see number 13 stay in the you know, pewter uniform there, I don't believe that the Bucks should give him the five-year, $25 million contract that he's looking for. Three years? I'm okay with three years. But what he's doing right now, you know, people are saying that, you know, he may be going to uh, the Houston Texans. That's a team being from Texas uh, that he may want to go home and, and play down there. So I think right now there's a, a legitimate 50-50 chance of uh, signing Evans versus no losing him to someone else. The uh, word is he's waiting to see what the Bucks do with his quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Now Mayfield, as you know, has been around the league and the Bucks had signed him to a, um, a $4 million contract last March because they were still paying Brady $35 million last year. So they didn't have any money to go out there and pay Brady. I think that Brady definitely proved his worth, uh, not Brady, Mayfield proved his worth and he should be rewarded with a contract. Is it going to be with the Bucks? 
Um, now, that's something that is under consideration. He was in consideration for Comeback Player of the Year award. He finished third behind DeMar Hamlin of Buffalo and uh, Joe Flacco, who was also, uh, well, he did win it. So, named to the Pro Bowl, Mayfield was. Um, does that mean anything? I guess you could use that as some contract negotiations. So the question is back to what are we going to do with the increase in the salary cap? That definitely helps. Now, is it going to be enough to keep Mayfield? Do the Bucks? Who do the Bucks designate uh, as a franchise uh, tag player? Do they put that on Winfield? A lot of people are saying that Antoine Winfield is the most important person on that defensive side of the ball. I'm not going to argue with that. On the defensive side of the ball. I believe he is the most important person. Does that take precedence over signing no, Evans as the receiver, the all-pro receiver that he is, the, I think, future Hall of Fame receiver? Or do you, or, or Brady, or not Brady, Mayfield, the quarterback. We need the quarterback to get the ball to Evans. So I think at this point, it's going to be interesting, and it'll probably all start to take shape Next um, next week when you have the combines because you know when you have the combines I think you um, start to get into the list of people that are coming out you have the, the talented crop of quarterbacks with USC's Caleb Williams North Carolina's Drake May Jaden Daniels of LSU the Heisman Trophy winner there you have Bo Nix from Ohio State Penix Jr. from Washington with the Tampa Bay Roots. J.J. Uh, McCarthy is in that mix. Uh, a whole bunch of them. Pratt from Florida State's Jordan Travis. Uh, Sam Hartman. So I think that we're going to start looking at when the uh, combine start next week. We're going to see what happens. That's usually when they start having the contact and contract negotiations with these teams' um, agents. So that's where it's going to happen. I believe that uh, it can go a lot of different ways. Would you be surprised as a fan if Mayfield is not here next year? You know, don't forget the offensive coordinator, Jeff Canales, is now the head coach of Carolina. Is it possible that he takes Mayfield with him up there. Those two got along great this season. Mayfield says that he owes um, the successes that he's had this year, partly to Mayfield, also partly to the uh, players on the field, obviously. When you have Mike Evans out there, you know, when you have the receivers that they've had, Chris Godwin, you know, Otwin coming into his own, there's a lot of things that go into it. So I think that as a Bucks fan, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. And when you have to remember that you see so many people saying that Mike Evans deserves to be a um, Buccaneer for his whole career based on what he's done here, pay him what he wants. Uh, unfortunately, that's not really the way that um, the good businesses work or good decisions are made in the NFL. And uh, I, I'm not quite sure what uh, Todd Light's going to do, but it is going to be interesting to watch. And your guess is as good as anyone else's at this point. Go to GBPSports.com. Let me know what you think. Um, your prediction is going to be who's going to be uh, pitching for the Bucks next year. Is Mayfield going to be back there, and or are we going to bring someone else in? Um, 
you know, obviously there wasn't much um, wasn't much faith putting the backup quarterback didn't even play when he could have in the last couple games of the season. So I, I do believe that it's going to come down to dollars and cents. If it makes dollars, then it's going to make sense for the Buccaneers. If not, then they're going to go a different route. All very interesting to see. So. Guys, again, um, you got the Lightning fighting for their playoff hopes here. Still in the fight, still in the mix of things. We've got to get behind them, rally behind them. You know, we had the race kicking off the season today, an exciting time, especially for the way that the rest of the American League East looks. It's going to be tough sledding for them. You have the Bucks now fighting with the free agency, with the salary cap. All these things are interesting and make sports so much fun. Next week, we're going to be talking more about some NCAA basketball, both men and women's. Uh, it's getting to the time of the year where you have the conference championships followed by the big dance in the NCAA. So that's going to be fun to talk about. Again, appreciate all the import, all the all the text, all the emails, all the conversations I have with uh, everyone out there during the course of the week, all the behind the scenes stuff that we talk about and keep the emails coming. We'll get them on the show. Uh, again, appreciate you listening. Appreciate the import. The show's growing each and every week with the audience and we're going to be expanding and talking about even some more local sports. You USF basketball is on the radar. So keep that in mind. Guys, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. Above all, stay positive. And we'll talk to you next weekend in the gymnasium. Have a great, have a great day. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.